Welcome to another week of Living a Rich Life. I am your host, Rich James. Here on Living a Rich Life talk show, we intend to inform, inspire, and remind each other the importance of living a rich life through six principles. Those principles are good health, strong relationships, financial freedom, goals and achievement, extraordinary experiences, and philanthropy. Today, our guests are prime examples of individuals that will inform you. They definitely will inspire you. And, you know, they remind you to, to stay focused, stay on target, and to live a rich life. So with that being said, let's talk about it. Today's special guest is a Baltimore City native. She helps underserved populations in the management of their mental health and co-occurring disorders. She provides a social, a psychosocial education for early intervention on a number of mental health topics, which is very important. She is a board member of the Initiative Baltimore and The Remnant. She is the owner of Right Step LLC. Please welcome the talented, the intelligent, and lovely Miss Janisha Toomer. Welcome, Miss Toomer. Hey, how are you? I am well. I am well. How about yourself? I'm great. I can't complain. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Um, so first and foremost, because uh, I want to talk about this, this right, right Step, right? The name uh-huh. of your company. How long have, have you been in, in business with Right Step? Um, so we're up to five and a half years now. So October will be year six for Right Step. Oh, so that's a pretty healthy amount of time. That's, that's a healthy amount of time. Um, tell us, what is your experience and, and how long have you been a licensed uh, counselor? So tell us a little bit about that, some of your credentials behind you. All right. So I have been a licensed clinical professional counselor for the last decade. Ugh, yikes. Um, for the last 10 years, um, I am a proud HBCU graduate. I attended Bowie State University, and um, I've been providing mental health or social nonprofit sector-related services actually since 2006. So I'm probably about, um, what, 15 years in the game here. I've worked the entire gambit, you name it, from neurosocial um, or neurological diseases all the way up to um, mental health, outpatient consulting, now also with other mental health organizations that are trying to get different facets of their programs off the ground. So my background is just an array of services, but everything is all about um, the social nonprofit sector and helping people recover from whatever that mental health illness may be, whatever that substance abuse related illness may be, and then also providing some prevention and intervention. Okay, well, we're going to get into that um, a whole lot more. Um, Bowie State University, yes, I'm an HBCU graduate myself, Morgan State, so you know I had to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. So I want to talk about the, the counseling, right, that you provide. 
describe, is there like a certain style of counseling um, for a licensed practitioner like yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, any licensed practitioner, including myself, is going to be providing counseling based on a theoretical orientation. For me personally, I use a combination of things that tend to work more realistically towards people. So my combination is like a little Adlerian theory, a little realistic um, therapy, and combined with some CBT. And together, all those things for me make up realistic goals and being able to guide the client towards realistic things that are tailored towards them as individuals and not just based on the theories. But you should definitely be operating from a theory. So you mentioned CBT. For those uh, folks that are not familiar with that acronym, what what is CBT? That's going to be Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I learned something today. I'm one of those folks. Okay. CBT is something totally different in my world. Something totally okay. different. Um, so uh, it, it sounds like there's always some type of process, right? So what kind of evaluation process do you use um, before you recommend a plan when it comes to, you know, dealing with mental disorders? Because, I mean, again, this is a, a big topic now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I'm going to use a psychosocial assessment that's going to be tailored to uh, getting a comprehensive or as comprehensive as you can possibly get in about, you know, an hour to an hour and a half into someone's past, into their present, into their surroundings, into their patterns of use history, into their goals, their strengths, their weaknesses. And from there, you put all that information together and you're creating a person-centered plan, which is really important because everybody is an individual. And while some things are umbrellaed and, you know, you can kind of say, okay, this is depression and this is a way that we approach depression. You also always want to keep in mind what that individual's personal goals are. So that comprehensive assessment, looking at all those different areas are going to give me that information I need to be able to service the client. Okay. Let's talk about right step. Okay. Talk about your LLC. First, um, tell us what right step is about. And then tell us, I want to know about the name. Okay. All right. So um, Right Step is a prevention and intervention program. So it is a level of substance abuse treatment that focuses on DUI education. So when an individual gets charged with a DUI, maybe they haven't gone to court, maybe they've only gone as far as being stopped for one, the state usually requires them to complete some education. The education doesn't say that the individual has a substance use disorder. It just says that the behavior to start with of being impaired and then getting behind the wheel of a car and operating that vehicle is something that we want to prevent and possibly intervene on if that individual is showing signs of, you know, a pattern of use that is heavy that may be leading them to, and alcohol use disorder. So that's where the prevention and the intervention comes from. So essentially, Right Steps provides DUI education for individuals dealing with that situation. Okay. And and the name, what how did you come up with the name Right Right Step? So it was it's um in the name itself. Uh, after doing assessments in the court system 
for about three and a half years where I was actually um, making the recommendations for those individuals who got the DUI. It was just kind of like, you know, I want to, as cliche as it may sound, like I want to help people take the right steps, you know, provide them with the right kind of DUI education. Because I had seen a lot of programs as I was referring clients out that were just kind of like, you know, you're here. And people were often saying like, ah, you know, I didn't learn anything there. So I'm like, I wanted to do it right also. So um, the compre- the program is very comprehensive in terms of the content. So I always tell people like, you're going to learn something here. You, you, it's going to go over some things you already knew, but you're definitely going to walk away from this class learning some things about alcohol in the body that you just had no clue about. Uh, okay. So that's, uh, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm learning something. Uh, again, I'm not, I, I drink, but I, I don't think I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's talk in, in, in all serious. So mental uh, health, is, is a, a really big topic these days. Um, would you say there's some type of signs that folks could look out in terms of mental health? Is this something that's, like you said, preventable? I wouldn't say preventable just because the waves of life ebb and flow continuously. So there's no way to really know what scenario is going to hit you that's going to you know, cause you to respond in a way that, in, that impairs you. So, but there are definitely some signs that you can look out for within yourself when certain circumstances are happening or even when they're not. Um, That's one of the the biggest things with COVID is the fact that we kind of have to isolate um, so often. And with isolation being like the best friend of depression, you know, that's certainly been something that I've been worried about as a clinician of, you know, how are people handling the isolation and the separation and the the need to kind of be alone when sometimes even when you're not starting off as depressed, it can be something that kind of leads to it. So there's isolation, there's lots of sleep, you know, more than normal and not as a result of, you know, any changes in your schedule or anything like that. There's the, you know, the lethargic feeling where you're kind of just not really interested in communicating with people in general. And then there's that that sadness. So a lot of people usually don't notice the steps or the things that are leading to it until they get to that sadness. And then they're having trouble getting out of it. And then you have things like anxiety. Also, of course, um, incessant worrying that can start to creep up. And in that, again, can start in smaller forms and then lead to something where you realize that you're not um, you're not comfortable in a lot of situations or the worry becomes a constant thing. So just little things. We definitely have to be more conscious of that stuff now during the, this COVID time and recognizing that something about our energy is changing and try our best to explore different options for how to deal with that. So whether that's um, creating new hobbies for yourself, um, exploring things, YouTube University is a great place. You know, I'm like self-teaching myself how to play the guitar, you know, (laughs) these things while you're home. um, Everything isn't going to be about fitness and and eating right. There's like plenty of other things to explore during this time. And it's going to be so crucial because we all have to build up our toolboxes for dealing with our mental health while we're dealing with a worldwide pandemic. Those, those are, thank you for dropping those gems. That was definitely uh, some good information. Um, we're here, BeExposedRadio.com, with Miss Janisha Tuma. She just dropped some gems on, you know, some of the things you can deal with um, or get through COVID. Um, 
how are you managing, right? You, you said you're learning to play the guitar. When it first started, how, how was it for you? Um, initially, I was just kind of like, ah, you know, it's, it's all good. Like the first couple months, even for maybe maybe like the first four or five, like, you know, we're, we're dealing with it. Everything's going to go back to normal by the summer. I think we all thought by like June, July, you know, but then even for me, I started to realize like, I'm used to traveling. I'm somebody that likes to go. I live for festivals in the summertime. And I just had to realize like, wait, you know, I'm not okay with this. Like, and I was okay before any of this happened, but something about me, I started to realize there was becoming an imbalance that from the couch to the living room thing just wasn't me. And um, one of the things that really helped me was my plants. I really got... Um, heavier in tune. My green thumb started coming out a lot more and I just was buying them up. <laughs> like every time I went anywhere, I would, that was exciting for me. I really got into um, that space and that, that helped me um, with new, creating new routines, like starting my morning out, ordering my plants, having a cup of coffee and reading on the deck. And those kinds of things that I was looking forward to, like, oh, I can't wait to get to the next chapter of this book, exploring different types of books um, from fiction to um, nonfiction and things like that. And just um, trying to get moving, you know, more family time as often as possible. And that's definitely been a big help. Well, I understand that. Me and my family just started the, the whole Zoom. I'm not going to lie. I am Zoom the hell out. If it wasn't for the show, I, I love going into the studio. But again, you know, BigExposedRadio.com, we're, we're all over. So I, I, I love the balance. But I, I enjoy going into the actual studio. So yeah. I, I know the feeling. So let's, let, let me ask you this. What's the difference between, and, you know, we're going to get into some acronyms here, right? Because you're a licensed uh, LCPC. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the difference between an LPC and an LPCC? And an LCPC. <laughs> I know the acronyms can get out of hand. And then there's don't even get started with the G's like for the graduate level. Um, so they're actually all the same. And it just kind of varies by state what they call it. But somehow, some way that L, that C and that P is going to equate to licensed clinical professional or licensed professional counselor or something of that nature. They, they usually just kind of interchange depending on what state you're in. But that means that that individual has gone through the master's program. They've gone through all their graduate level requirements, like their practicums, their internships, and they've put in the hours in addition to grad school, which is about 2,000 hours post-grad school before they are certified as clinical, which means they know what they're doing by the time they get there. They know what they're doing. Okay, so it depends. Are, are you licensed anywhere outside of Maryland Just or is it just Maryland? Right now, it's just Maryland, but I'm definitely going to be exploring different states because Right Step is going to go beyond here for sure. Okay. Um, what do you consider to be your top three strengths? And we're going to go the opposite, your, your top three weaknesses. Okay. Uh, challenges, right? We'll say, I like the word challenges. Yeah, me too. Because I honestly don't, I can't name one. Um, because anything that I experience, whether it's with a client, whether it's being a business owner, 
um, or anything about those one-to-one services, I truly look at those experiences as opportunities for growth for myself. And a lot of those scenarios will bring things out of me like, oh, okay, I didn't even know I needed more patience, but apparently I do. (laughs) So I'm going to work on my patience now or, you know, just different ways of being able to approach people. So it's ongoing. The learning never stops. And I would just say anything that I encounter that feels like a challenge in those moments, I always self-assess where that energy is coming from. Um, If I'm being, um, you know, if I'm being a little too personal, you know, uh, connected to whatever the scenario may be and being able to detach back and stay in my professional role. Um, if I'm hungry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that hanger is a real thing. Okay. And uh, if I had my coffee yet, now I'd be like, okay. So those, I just use those opportunities as a way to check myself. Okay. So that, that addresses the challenges. And before you move on, I got to say, and, and, and Monty can attest, again, uh, extraordinary producer. We on this show sometimes, neither one of us get a chance to eat before the show. And um, I sometimes be getting hangry. But he, <laughs> yeah. he won't let me. He just won't let me. Some reason he keeps me laughing. So that's, that's yeah. a good thing. Uh, so tell me your top three strengths. I would say my top three would be um, I'm smart. I'm smart. Like, I mean, so it's really easy for me that goes into being adaptable so you put smart and adaptable together in any scenario and it it allows me to have like a certain magic when I'm in session with clients um and to keep up with what's going on like I can stay in the story I'm able to adjust and provide insight or help guide them towards their own personal um, awareness of their ability to create their own insight in those moments and then just um, being really strategic in, in anything that I do. So anything that I take on as something that is serious, then you're going to get top-notch results because I'm smart and adaptable. <laughs> I, I like that. Smart, adaptable. I need one more then. Yeah, that last one was strategic. Strategic. Okay. All right. Because I'm about to say, you, you smart, but don't know how to count. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. So, uh, you know, so those are all wonderful qualities. And I think that's, you know, from what I know of, I've experienced in, in working with you um, personally, as well as professionally, it's been, uh, been very, very interesting. So what would you say is your superpower? I, I like to, I always like to ask my guests that. What would you say is your superpower? Um, that I get people. Like I understand people. It's, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but I can literally just anybody that I'm around for any amount of time, any understanding that I'm able to gain about you. Like I'm, I know people and that is really important when you're providing any type of service, um, whether that's customer service um, therapy to me is customer service also. Um, Cause I feel like I work for my clients. They don't come to me as something that they that they need, I'm looking like, hey, am I the right therapist for you? Um, so I definitely think that getting people and knowing how to loop around and have them, you know, feel comfortable and connected, that's what that allows me to do. So that's my power. Okay. That's that's a good power to have. It's nothing like understanding people. Nothing yeah. like understanding people. I want to go back for a second because you alluded to the fact that you know, sometimes your your clients, 
you get it. I would say you get attached because that's a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's a real thing where you get too close to the situation. You, now it becomes personal. Has that ever occurred? Um, absolutely. Especially um, when you are seeing your clients making progress, when you're working with them for some time, when you see that they're trying and they're not making progress. Like sometimes it, you can definitely become connected to their success. And that was something that I experienced very early on postgraduate where you're just kind of like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I really want this to work for you. But then that was also the period in my life where I realized um, where I learned how to navigate that ocean the best because I recognized that providing the service isn't becoming the service, if that makes any sense. It means um, the clients have to want it for themselves and you can't want it more than them. And once you realize that you do, then you realize that you're, you're transferring in some way and you need to address that with yourself. All right. Good. That's now that's a good segue for this next question that, that someone sent in. Uh, how do you handle stress? I, I can only assume that there's a lot of, there can be a, some level of stress in, in any job, I think in any profession. Yeah, absolutely. How do you handle stress? I am very protective of my downtime. So that's one of the things that really helps me. Once I'm off, once I say I'm off or I'm unavailable, I'm unavailable. So unless somebody is, you know, sick, injured, and I mean like critically, this is, you know, life support type of thing, don't call me. Don't message me. If you sent me an email, no, I did not see it. And I will see it when I'm in the capacity for um, taking that stuff on. So being guarded about your personal time and then having personal time that is fulfilling is also important. So I have my friends, I have my family, um, I have good vibes around me. And so when I'm away from everything else, I protect that. Okay. Now, earlier you mentioned travel. So you're not doing too much travel. And just to kind of give the sense of folks of a little more uh, Janisha Toomer personal with it, um, what what else do you, you like to like to do? What tell us what else you like to do? Because my uh, team my team did some some digging, and you seem to be a digging a DIY do it yourself type. I thing. do actually this wall behind me. I I actually created this wall myself, um, including. The, the framing, the hanging of these beautiful paintings by um, another BSU alumni who painted them. And I absolutely love them. I love seeing them every morning. But yes, that's another way of stress relief is doing something that is like completely creative. So I will do um, projects in my house, maybe whether that's wallpapering. Um, I've done some. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you say wallpaper? Yes. That's the thing again. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's gotten a lot easier. It's more like, it's like big stickers. That's what it feels like. So you're able to put them up and then they're easy to remove. But yeah, so doing something that's completely has nothing to do with what I do during the day. That is also a way of like de-stressing. It's like, hmm, let me see if I can do this. Even though I've never done it before. <laughs> That's funny. I'm still caught in the wallpaper thing. Yeah. But, um, okay. All right. Um, question. So wh- where do you see Right Steps? So Right Steps been in business for five years now, going going on six. Where do you see Right Step in the next 
five years? What, what What's your thoughts on that? What are you projecting to do? I project Right Step to be in the process um, and already have a couple of different locations open in different states on the East Coast, maybe about three at that point in five years, but on track for having a location in every state in the country because Right Step is also expanding from not just providing DUI education, but in this late spring, we'll be able to provide outpatient substance abuse treatment, intensive outpatient substance abuse treatment, and community integration services to our clients that is going to be highly focused on measurable goals. So it's going to be track-based. It's going to be creating opportunities for people based on having people who are very attentive to the needs that have been expressed and that I've seen from working in every, literally every type of program that you can imagine. And it's going to be something that's going to be amazing. And we're really going to be targeting our returning citizens, for example, so that we can help in the fight for reducing recidivism, not just for DUI education, but for substance use and for incarceration. Okay. I like that. I, I like that. Let's shift a little gears here, right? There's something that, you know, I, I call a game. It's it's either or. Um, the latest and greatest, which would you choose? So we're going to lighten it up a little bit. We're going to okay. take a step away. We're going to play a game. Um, every so often I, I do this with my guests. All right. So it's called, which would you choose? I don't know if y'all can see that. Which would you choose? So I'm going to pick a card. I have no idea what it's going to say. But um, I'm going to ask you, and you got to choose. Real simple. Okay. All right, real simple. I'm there. Which would you choose? The ability to breathe underwater or the ability to jump 20 feet into the air? Breathe underwater. Breathe underwater. Now, do you like to swim? Um, I am not a swimmer, so that's why I know how to breathe underwater <laughs> is essential. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, which would you choose? Every article of clothing you own is covered in fluorescent polka dots or every article of clothing you own is made out of spandex. Spandex. Spandex? Yeah. So you're just going to walk around with, with spandex. Now, do you work out? I, I would look pretty good in spandex. I do work out. So I'm going to Okay. Spandex. All right. Which would you choose? You have... Oh, you have granted you you are granted the power of flight, but you can only fly to work, or you are granted the power of invisibility, but you can only use it once a month. I'm gonna take invisibility. Visibility? What would you do with that invisibility? I don't know, but just um if my only option is flying to work, <laughs> the, the invisible for a day. Um who I don't know, maybe I'd sneak on a flight and you know, travel somewhere or um, just hide out from my kids for, for 24 hours. <laughs> where you at? I'm right here. Damn it. You're going somewhere. Okay. Okay. You, you notice these questions usually have a follow-up to them, right? Okay. Yes. All right. Which would you choose? Skydiving from a high-altitude plane or exploring the ocean floor in a submarine? Mm, these are both awful. Um, I'll take, I'll take the ocean. No, I'll take skydiving. Okay. Skydiving. You ever think about it? 
No, I'm terrified of heights, but the idea of being in a submarine and you can't get off is just like, I just, it's one jump. One jump. Okay. Well, that was, which would you choose? Thank, thank you for playing. You're welcome. I, I By the way, I, I gave you some easy ones. Oh, thank you. This, this time, this time. So, you know, I think as a, as a licensed counselor, um, I think with anything, you know, trust is, is a very important component. So in your opinion, what are the essential components of, of trust? Um, that's going to be creating the space for people to be able to be honest and not feel judged. So, or to be able to receive what an individual has to offer or put out there without passing, um, without making them feel like there's going to be some sort of repercussion as a result of it. And that's very important. I've experienced it even in, you know, with clients in your personal life or whatever the case may be, but creating a space where people can be who they are and not who you want them to be mm-hmm. uh, allows you to build trust. Oh, you need to say that again. <laughs> who they are and not who, who you uh, allow you to be. That's yeah. That's uh, that's, that's, that's yeah. I, I like that. That's a nail on the head, so to speak. From, yeah. From my perspective, definitely. So if you was if you weren't a licensed counselor, uh, what would you be? Uh, what would you be doing? Um, probably something real random. Um, other than being an engineer, because I was really a natural with that. So I probably would do like architectural engineering. I would have said that like five years ago. But now, um, since I'm experiencing my own version of the rich life, I would probably alternatively be like polishing surfboards and somewhere just living free <laughs> she did it, polishing surfboards yeah. and you don't know how to swim i don't i'm just be on the beach that's all oh that's oh that's what's up that's that's what's up let's talk about confidentiality mm-hmm. quite sure that's pretty important in, in your field what, what are your thoughts on confidentiality um, that's essential in my field. You will get sued in my field if you don't maintain confidentiality in accordance to um, HIPAA standards. So the Portability of Health Information Act, I'm saying that in opposite direction of the letters, but that's essentially what it represents. And that is making sure that we're not sharing any of the client's information without their expressed and written consent. So confidentiality is top priority amongst the staff, amongst the clients, clients, you don't even need to tell anybody else's business. Like we just keep everything to ourselves unless it has been expressly been okayed by the client. Right, right. Okay. A lot of rules and regulations surrounding this, this profession. Um, something I'm, I'm familiar with when it comes to uh, HIPAA and, and and yes, you did not. You, you, you <laughs> but that's okay. You know, another major question I, I like to ask my guests, and um, you know, whatever you see fit to how to respond is what What does living a rich life mean to you? Um, for me, it means living each day intentionally, um, intentionally seeking out the most pleasurable parts of the day and not really harping on the things that didn't necessarily go the way that you expected. Um, So that means if it was a hurricane, 
all day. Somehow you find a way to be grateful for the sunshine that did come for the few minutes that you may have seen it. So it just means um, feeling every day and going to bed on, on empty as often as you can and being grateful for that. Oh, nice. Very, very nice. Sometimes folks think that's a trick question. It's not. <laughs> Let's talk a little politics, something I really do here on Be Exposed Radio. But we do have the first female vice president. Yes. As, as well as the first African-American Asian. What is it? What the, There's some more to it, but I'll recognize it. I think that's what that is. So what what are your thoughts on um, our vice president, Kamala Harris? Uh, I think it's amazing, like absolutely amazing what she represents. Um, She represents the dream realized for not just for people of color, but just women in general. Um, Sadly, it's taken so long for something like this to be even made possible. But um, I am rooting for her. I have no interest in any of the things that, you know, came up in the process. I just look at it as, um, you know, do no harm. And that's just the expectation is for her to create a better space. And and I think that is what she intends to do. And I look forward to it. And I look forward to um, her running for president herself when the day comes, because I know it's coming. Yeah. Oh, okay. You put that. You do know the woman just got into the White House. We we need president. She probably don't even. She ain't make that decision yet. You think that's something she's thinking about? She should be. I'm putting it out there in the universe now. I'm sending it to her right now. She needs to be thinking about it. That's what that's what they say. You put it out there, and and stuff like that happens. Yeah, happens. Oh, I look a little bright there. Ah, Uh, well. Um, I, I got a few more questions here. Again, this we are talking to Janisha Tuma, um, owner of Right Step LLC. Um, if you have any questions as it pertains to mental health um, disorders, anything of that nature, or just you know how how she runs her business, uh, please uh, chime in. Um, Janisha, can you tell us how folks can stay in contact with you? What's uh, your social media? website, all that good information? Yeah. So um, we're on Facebook and you can find me on Facebook at Right Step Baltimore, or you can find me via my website, which is rightstepllc.org, or you can email me directly. And that's going to be at rightstepnow at gmail.com. Okay. Very, very good. Very good. Um, do you got an Instagram page? I didn't hear that. I do not. I do not. Um, I am working with a brilliant data scientist now who's going to give me more insight to see if that is a viable, you know, social network resource for me. Because um, when I was up there, I was like, eh, this is more like people just want to see pictures and posts. I don't know if that's like a thing for my niche-based service, which is um, primarily right now DUI education. So, Absolutely. So um, what are you working on now uh, these days outside of business? How do you balance the work, family, life? How, that's that's always, I think, when you have a, and I say a small business doing big things, that's what I like to say. Um, how do you do the balance? How do you balance work and, and, and personal? 
Um, just a lot of it has become enmeshed in some ways. So um, I will sometimes be at the family shindig. People know me and my laptop are coming. And um, but then being able to put it away once it's time to, to play the games or things like that. And then, um, again, just making sure that my downtime is very sacred and enjoying that time when I do have um, time where I'm not working or I'm not having to be responsible for anything. Um, so just making sure that that I keep the focus when it's time to work and keep the focus when it's time to play. So work hard, play hard. Yeah, see, almost like my saying, work hard, play harder. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk legacy. You know, a lot of times I have conversations with a lot of different folks, um, a lot of people in my network, and the word that always comes up is is legacy. Uh, so, so what legacy would you like to leave behind with with all your life's work and your work and your experience? What what type of legacy you see you leaving behind? Um, just one that tells everybody that they can do anything that they think of, like they can literally accomplish whatever it is that they set their mind to. Um, I think we took that or I took that phrase as just something adults say growing up, but as I'm living it and I'm experiencing it, it's it's a reality. Um, I've broken so many barriers and so many chains um, and generational curses, whether it's, you know, with my family, amongst my peers and the the sky's the limit for me and I intend on continuing to set the bar as high as possible for my children, um, the rest of my family, the generations that are here with me, the ones that are coming up behind me so that they know that we can have whatever we want and we will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any advice for our audience that's watching um, that you want to give, give to them in terms of, you know, starting a business, whether it's, Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the path of a licensed practitioner or just starting a business. Any advice you want to share? Yeah. So I'll give my advice from two perspectives from the therapist in me. I would say um, build up your toolbox. It is very important for you to have things that focus on yourself, that focus on your wellness and so that you yourself can be well completely. Because if you are no good to you, you're not going to be any good for anybody else. So make sure that you're finding new things, new hobbies, new experiences, um, or going back to old ones that brought you fulfillment. But make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're also creating the space for making your downtime sacred as well. And then from the business owner perspective, I would say, um, don't give up. <laughs> like, it's going to be hard. And if you expect to go into it, um, maybe you'll get lucky, like, you know, as lucky as someone who wins the lottery, but you can't and, and have like major success that first year out. But for the rest of us, we know that um, you cannot quit on yourself and you're only going to attract um, the support that is as supportive of you as you are of yourself. So if you know that you're in it to win it, then you're more likely to be surrounded by people who recognize that and are going to support your vision because they see how much you believe in it. But don't quit because it's going to be um, an uphill battle. And then one day it just all clicks. Excellent. Excellent response. Well, Ms. Tuma, I want to thank you for joining. Um, I appreciate your support as well. 
I see uh, a lot of big things happening for you, happening for Right Step. Uh, so I look forward to, to connecting and talking with you again soon. So thank okay. you for uh, joining the show today. Thank you for having me. All right. All righty, we're going to keep this thing rolling here on Living a Rich Life. Um, our second guest, um, I'll say our featured guest, uh, he, he, he's, he's an amazing individual. And um, we're going to get him in. We're going to get him in here shortly. So without further ado, today's featured guest here on Living a Rich Life, um, he has over 30 years of entertainment industry experience. He began his career as a member of this hip hop R&B group, Whistle. Um, uh, give me a second here, folks. I'm having a little technical challenge. Uh, make sure we got, make sure we got going on here. The thing about it, it's a, a Never too many surprises here on, on living a rich life, but my guy, my producer, Monty, is uh, keeping things on track for us. So we're going to just do a few things right quick. We live on the air, but um, copy um, this guy here. Alrighty. Give him my. Alright. So here we go. Alright, so we're gonna give our second guest. He's uh um trying to get get situated. But in the meantime, we'll just keep it going. Um so I think recently in the news, if you heard uh there's a certain age range that um, apparently is, is spreading the COVID. Um, Monty, are you there? You know it. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that, right? Um, I didn't hear exactly, but the rumor has it that there's a certain age that is, is spreading the COVID. Well, did, were you able to get that information? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, 20 year olds to 40 year olds. They're considered the super spreaders of the, the virus. Meaning, though, um, just to clarify some, some of the things I was telling you earlier, is mean, but you know, because you know that age range, they, the majority of them can be asymptomatic. So they may be the super spreader, but not, they're not the ones getting super sick. Mm -hmm. But they are the super spreaders, meaning they can pass it on to your grandparents or anybody that's over the age of 40, real simply, and they are the ones that are getting sicker, which is why the initiative has been to vaccinate the older folk first. But I said, uh, I was saying to you earlier that I think it would be more prevalent if they would have been vaccinating the people that they are now, now that they are considering them the super spreaders. Why wouldn't they have vaccinated those super spreaders first? Mm. That way they would have been inoculated from passing it on to the older folk. Right. That, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think that's something that um, we can have a, a, a conversation in, in length. Because, you know, again, you want to probably vaccinate those that's taking care of them, especially if they're within that, that age group. So who knows? Who knows? You know, in, in, in other news, Super Bowl weekend is coming up and um, it's going to be a hell of a game. 
Tom Brady, and Holmes. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I look forward to the game. I look forward to it. What's All up, right. man? What's going on there, young man? <laughs> I tell you. I, tell you. I, I owe you an apology, man. Uh, I had to re reboot the computer. And uh, once I rebooted the computer, everything shut off. And I'm freaking out, right? Because first, I was just enjoying the interview. And I'm like, oh, I'm on the site. I'm supposed to be in the Zoom. <laughs> there you go. So I'm going to bring you in right, because that's what we do here on Living a Rich Life. And, yes. and we, we all call Be Exposed Radio for a reason, because we, we, we're exposed, good, bad, or indifferent. Right, right. <laughs> let me let my audience know. Today's featured guest. Um, he has over 30 years of entertainment industry experience. He began his career as a member of the hip-hop R&B group Whistle. He is known to promote diversity and multiculturalism through outstanding and groundbreaking programs, a committed individual to political and social issues. Wow. He has co-produced BET, Africa's first television series, top actor, and all these things we're going to get into, <laughs> his most recent successes have been his partnership with Octet Production, hopefully I said that right, because I Octet, Octet, Octet Production yeah. on the films Couples Night, Angry, Angrily Ever After, and BET's holiday hit Twas the Chaos Before Christmas, all of which my team has took a look at, because I told them to. <laughs> And more importantly, uh, he is the co-creator of the Influence Brunch, something that we definitely going to talk about. Please welcome, and I need you to put your hands together <laughs> for the Out of Town Connect, the <laughs> most unknown known person in the world, Mr. Tarek Turk Stevens. That's um wow. I'm over here. My palms are sweating because I'm like wow. Like you know, um, I just try to do good work, and it's it's Octet. Right. Okay. It's, it's a family of eight. Um, my, my inspirations and, and my guiding guiding posts, uh, Bree and Chuck West, um, they just they just adores, man. They just adores, bro. Um, and, you know, it's, it's so funny. Um, um, uh, Eric B and Rakim, Rakim had uh, a follow the leader and it says uh, I couldn't follow the leader long enough. Couldn't dug him. I couldn't follow. He couldn't follow the leader long enough. So I drug him. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's what Chuck and Bree sometimes do. They they just be pulling me along. <laughs> <laughs> they just be pulling me along, man. So we had a, a project we did this this past um, December called okay. um, the Christmas Lottery. So that 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 wasn't on the list. And um, and we just um, finished um, the inaugural inauguration. We did um, an event um, called um, um, the inaugural uh, gospel um, uh, inaugural gospel celebration. Um, that aired the evening. We were the only black event that night, man, at, uh, of the inauguration. So we I wanted people that. to tune in, man. And uh, that was a major, major, major task. In the middle of all of that, man, in the middle of all of that, right off the, the heels and the success of, um, of the Christmas lottery and right in the, um, in the heat of the inaugural gospel celebration, I lost my mother, right? On December the 23rd. And um, it shook me, and uh, I bring that up for a reason because, you know, um, I'm now part of a, a, a club of people who've lost parents, and grieving is not about just losing someone passing, 
you know, you can have a, a bad breakup, a separation, and there's grieving in that as well. And I've learned that. And someone told me that grieving is the currency that you pay for the free love that is given to you. Mm. It was powerful, man. That's that's deep. That's deep. Yeah, grieving is a currency that you pay from the love that is freely given to you, man. So that was that was a a, a good thing for me. And I and I and you know, Rich, you know, I I I, I just returned yesterday, man, from um. I'll call it my winter solace, right? I, I I just got in the car and I just took a trip by myself for the first time in my life. I traveled the world. And a lot of times when you travel and you work and you're meeting people on the other side, but I just, I was all by myself and I just got in the car and I went to Vermont, Maine. Uh, I went to New Hampshire, Boston, Jersey, New York. I didn't hit New York. I drove around New York because I'm from New York, uh, Rhode Island. And I just got back yesterday, and I, and I and I and I posted this because I said, mm-hmm. you know, this is a, I'm I'm returning from my journey to have an enriched conversation. Ah, nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. So I I, I do want to because you mentioned the presidential inauguration, which that again that event was um, was amazing. Um, yeah. Well, so what was that like? So who you, who were some of the individuals you got an opportunity to to work with? It came about with the partnership that we have with the National Baptist Convention and their um, NBC Amen initiative to um, help with the disparity of uh, of, uh, of um, health disparities in the Black and Brown communities. And um, I had um, myself and uh, Chuck and Bree. We we sat down and I said, "Look, man, you know we wanted to have a, the church have a voice during this pandemic season, right?" So it it, it went on back and forth, canceled, not going to happen because you know you know Trump had created this whole mess. And, you know, um, the president didn't want to be responsible for bringing, you know, um, people together like Trump did. So it got canceled. Then we came back together. And then all of a sudden we had to make the entire event virtual. And at first we were going to do it at the National Bible Museum. Um, shout out to Norm. You know, um, they, were, they wanted us to do it there. So then in the 11th hour, man, you know, like I said, you know, you know, Chuck and Bree, man, they were able to say, OK, Turk, take your, take your, take your minute. And we were just gonna make it happen. So we all got together, man, and we just we we pulled it together, man, and and we pulled on an all-star lineup, man. You know, Fred Hammond, Tasha Cobb, Leonard, uh, uh, Jonathan McReynolds, man, JJ, um, who else? Man, we had a whole list, man. Uh, Hezekiah Walker, Marvin Sapp, uh, the Queen herself, um, uh, Shirley Caesar chimed in. We just got on the phone and just started calling all our relationships. And uh, the first thing I did was I called Ant. Uh, Anthony Anderson, I said, okay, man, I'm going to need you to host this. You know, <laughs> I knew Anthony was, Anthony is the greatest host, man. He said, you know, I'm a big deal now, Turk, you know? And I said, <laughs> you know, our conversations go a little bit, di- a little bit more crass than that. But <laughs> and I said, man, look, I work with you for years. You ain't going to hit me in the head with the price tags. You hit every, all the major networks. So he came on board to host, and we got Taraji, uh, Lamont, uh, Rucker, and more, uh, more Chestnut, man. And it just was a phenomenal event. So we have an encore. We have an encore um, event with more bonus performances coming up at the end of this month uh, for Black History Month, the 27th and 28th. Um, and we'll have people tuning in for that. Yeah, that was definitely a follow-up question. You know, this is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to myself, Turk Entertainment has to be bringing something. Well, yeah, man, you know, uh, we are, man, you know, uh, you know, Turk Entertainment Group and Octet, you know, we work closely together, man. One of the things that's important that we want people to understand is that, you know, we are producers 
uh, we're production companies that are based in DC. Um, we want to make sure that people know that we put out incredible work. Um, and that's what we do here, you know, and, and the legacy of, of working in DC goes back before us, you know, um, you know, back in the eighties, it was a major renaissance of, of artists that came out of here, man. Um, from you name it, man, you know, from Elgin genuine, uh, uh, April with, uh, expose, uh, born Americans. Um, the list just goes on and on of artists. JG, of course, everybody knows Johnny Gill, um, Michelle and the Gale cello. Mm. It was a major renaissance and there are more to, to, to name. Um, uh, that have uh, had have impact have impacted the uh, area, but we wanted uh, to be able to make sure that you know, when it comes to um, um, that's me, I think. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, say, I thought I, I thought I had it on silent, man, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just turn it completely off. There we go. Um, so yeah, so we wanted to be sure to um, to be able to create content that was uh, globally recognized, right? Globally recognized, and that uh, could stand the test of time, and to be able to tell great stories. And, and that's what we've been able to do, right? You know, with my company, Turk Entertainment Group, you know, uh, with my overall uh, my overall uh, strategy is to create, you know, content for the African-American community and transatlantic African diaspora, right? I, because I, I travel the globe and I want to make sure that, you know, black folks around the world has a presence and being able to bring that, bring, bring those groups together, man, to create content and tell stories for the world. Absolutely. And that's, I, I commend you on, on doing so. And doing an excellent job, you know. Thank you, thank you, Rich. Uh, what, what made you get into the entertainment industry? Because we're going to talk about some old stuff too now. <laughs> um, you want to know the truth? You want to know the truth? And a lot of people don't know this. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what made me do it, man. Oh wait a minute. Let y'all know you're hearing it right here. BeExposedRadio.com. <laughs> Living a rich life show. Go this ahead. is the God's honest truth. I loved politics so much as a kid, man. I figured if I became a star, I could get votes. Okay, <laughs> that was the truth, man. I I, I was the, I was my first um, um, black senior class president in high school, mm. and I knew that DC wasn't a state. So I said, man, I was going to run for office, DC become a state, and I'll be the first governor. And um, so that's what really happened. And um, I I didn't really sing initially, right? Uh, I was in high school, went to friendly high school for a while. So left New York, came down there for Brooklyn, New York. I went to Friendly High School for Washington, man, and it was at it was at the University of Maryland track meet. Uh, I was I was cutting class a lot, man, hanging out, and I wind up um, um, hanging out with one of my boys, Marcus Daniels, the twins, Marcus Douglas Daniels, after school with the track team, and so I was hanging out with them so much that I became honorary track the manager of the track team, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it was a funny story that we we had a, a we had a meet a track meet one day, man, and I, I said I, I got out of class and said I'm going to the track team. He said, you ain't on the track team. I said, I ain't on the track team because I was at the practices all the time hanging out. And we went to the regionals at the University of Maryland College Park. And uh, my boy, this dude, Wayman Blassingame, was singing a song one day. And my boy, Big Bob, Bob Martin, was like, man, I was talking. I said, I can take that dude, right? And no one had ever heard me sing before. And I was just, because I just knew I could, but I don't know what the hell made me say that, man. And mm-hmm. I said, I can take that dude, man. And Bob was like, my boy can get you. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's a Turk, get him, Turk. And I was like, whoa. So then the girl was like, why don't you sing? And then I just dropped one on him. And the response was incredible, bro. I was like, yo, you know, women, girls, man, they just motivate you to do everything, right? And I was like, oh, man, the girls, like, they, they were loving it. And I was like, oh, that felt good, right? So after that, man, the word had got out in school that I could sing because no one knew I could sing. And I just said, okay, we'll just see where this goes. We'll just see where it goes. And that was it. 
So before we get, because we're going to bring it back, because I definitely I want to talk about the influencers uh, brunch. Mm-hmm. But this group, Whistle, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a pretty, uh, there was a song that was pretty hot. Uh, was it just just bugging? Yeah, that was that was a smash. But we had a couple of hot ones now. We had right. a couple of hot ones now. I got I to fight for my boys. We had a couple of hot ones now. <laughs> so so we got. I know my producer. I asked him to do something special for me today, um, and you'll probably have to see it on the actual uh, be exposed. But those that's tuning in and watching, we threw a little something up there for them to check out. So <laughs> you might start getting some calls. Yeah, bugging. What happened with whistle was the funny thing was. So my senior year in high school, uh, we had. We were the only school at the time that had an in in school uh, television production class, right? Mm-hmm. It was a, a production um, 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 class in there, and um, so me and my boys, me and Sherman, boy Sherman Mills and Danny Armstead, I said, "Man, let's take this class just to hang out and have fun." And they were like, "Cool." We just figured we just go in and mess around with cameras. So you know, by the end of the year, that semester, I, I messed around and learned something, right? Television production. Uh, after that. Uh, I met Whistle. Whistle had had a massively big record, man. A massively big record, man, called um, We Only Buggin', Just Buggin'. Mm-hmm. And on the on the B side to that, man, because they had B, A, A, and B sides at the time, they had a record called Chance for Our Love. And just to give you the history, back then, you know, it was, they were only independent record labels that were really promoting or producing um, hip hop. Yep. And all the major labels were just strictly stick, sticking with uh, R&B and, and pop and yep. rock. And hip hop was just relatively new. So these independent labels were just sprouting up everywhere. Shout out to Select Records, and, you know, Profile and Next Pipe to all these labels. So Whistle was signed to one of them. And the goal was to try to become a major or to you know, partner with a major label because everybody was just in the struggle trying to come up. And at that time, Kango Kid from UTFO was the uh, manager of the group. And he was so busy trying to impress Full Force. You know, he came out, of, we, we all came out of Full Force East Flatbush uh, uh, family, right? Full Force UTFO. Chub Rock, you know, shout out to Roxanne, shout out to uh, uh, Howie T, Special Ed. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Um, so Kango was really trying to impress them because they were writers and songwriters and producers. So right. Kango was like, look, I can do that as their big, as their little brother. Just trying to prove from the big brothers. So he started to write songs. And when Chance for Our Love, uh, when it when um, started to get some heat, you know, he came up with other songs and the label was like, we, gonna, we want to do, we want you to sing more. <laughs> Because that's what the real money was at the time. Right. And I had met the fellas, man. And I was going to be their role manager because they just, everyone just loved my business acumen. And they didn't know I could sing. And at the time, Doobie um, was like, man, yo, I'm, I'm a straight up hip hop head. I'm not singing. I'm out. So Doobie left the group. KD, cool Doobie left the group. Shout out to cool Doobie. And, um, and Jazz called me. Jazz and Kerry was hanging out with me one time. And it was like, yo, Kerry was like, this dude can really sing. You heard me singing in the shower, to be honest. And he's like, yo, Turk can really blow. So they invited me to join the group. And the rest, the rest goes on and on, man. You know, from, you know, still my girl, Barbara's bedroom. I mean, the list just goes on always and forever. You know, chant, you know, they we just put out more records. Right. So we're gonna shift a little shift the gears a little, Turk, because you mentioned politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and my team pulled up something um that you actually ran for Congress. Yeah, yeah. man. You know, when I when I was in Whistle, man, you know, man, look, I registered 10,000 voters, man, for for Bill Clinton, bro. I was I was aggressive about it. Everybody knew I was. Uh, someone Kurt Frazier found a uh, a clip from it was a Ted Couple uh, ABC uh, City Under Siege uh, that I was this nineteen year old kid man you know who spoke at this big big it was a global um, 
uh, telecast from D.C. about, you know, uh, City Under Siege, man, with the violence and the homicide. So I was always politically active. Uh, I did a get out and vote uh, tour campaign with Ron Brown before he passed, the chairman of the DNC at the time. And I just was very active. So with my partnership with DeLon Giger and Good Ground, Good Life, you know, I was very aggressive with the community activism here in the Washington, D.C. area. And there's a brother named Bruce Pinnell, man. Bruce and I went to Bowie State. He was older. He was like a big brother, man. Bruce Pinnell, him and Bo Sampson. And Bruce um, is very active, man. Um, Dr. Bruce Pinnell here um, um, in D.C., and I was in a, in a meeting, we had a, a meeting, a community meeting, man, with about 40 or 50 uh, organizations. And there are a lot of nonprofit organizations that, are do, that do great work, but they just don't have the resources. And when I found out, when these grants were being, when the money was being handed out, um, I found out, man, like the Washington Ballet got an astronomical amount of money, man. It was like $10 million and we were getting scraps. And here we were, all these black organizations doing all the great work. And I said, man, something's got to give. And knowing that, you know, D.C. is not a state and it's controlled by the federal board. And I said, man, I told my, my partner, I said, man, I'm going to run for office to make sure that the unheard is being heard and the unseen is being seen. And that's what I did. I ran for the uh, shadow representative seat. Uh, D.C. not being a state, you know, they have a shadow Senate and they're non-voting seats and shadow house. Uh, and then, of course, Eleanor Holmes is a delegate. And that's what I decided to do, man. I was to run, man. Yeah. Okay. 2010. It was 2010. 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned partnerships, right? So yeah. tell us about your partnership with uh, Good Ground, Good Life. Well, man, look. It, it, it's a moving, it's an emotional thing, man. You know, um, what we do, man, you know, dealing with youth violence um, prevention. And right now, our focus is... Um, you know, anti-recidivism, you know, um, you know, um, young brothers coming home from prison, uh, prison uh, anti-recidivism, uh, workforce development. That's what our real focus is right now. And DeLon has put together a comprehensive plan, man, to train young people. And we, 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 uh, for the second time, we've gotten a grant. How it was started was out of 5,000 applicants, man, Good Ground Good Life got the, the um, $10,000 grant from the Redskins. The Redskins have been a big supporter of Good Ground Good Life. And just right now, DeLon is always coming up with ways to be community active. And he has this uh, a, pro- a project there called, um, you know, Loads of Love. And I tell people all we want is just a quarter of your time. And we just wash the people clothes for free, you know, in the communities. And so with that partnership, <clears throat> we've been able to do a lot of great work, man. A lot of great work. And uh, that focus right now, man, is with the Loads of Love. It's just something that's just uh, incredible. We have matching grant funds that we're looking forward to. You know, the organizations or companies out there that want to match what we've been able to receive for this this loads of love um, um, pro- project through Good Ground Good Life, just you know, reach out to us at goodgroundgoodlife.org. Oh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So, for those that's just tuning in, you are watching Living a Rich Life. I am your host, Rich James, and we have our featured guest, Tarek Turk Stevens. And <laughs> we're talking politics. We're talking entertainment. But more importantly, we're talking about inspiring and informing each other and remind that, uh, you know, whatever you set your mind to, you can do it and, and really enriching our lives. So we're going to keep this thing going as we talk about enriching uh, our lives and sharing folks and getting them motivated. I want to talk about the Influencers Brunch. Uh, hey. tell, us, tell us, share what the Influencers, Influencers Brunch is all about. Um, whew, man, probably you came up with the idea. I'm going to tell you right now, I would say, because this is our seventh year with this brunch, 
So about eight or nine years ago, um, um, a gentleman by the name of Kevin Parker, Kevin Parker, people know him here in DC, man. He's a political strategist and a consultant, political consultant. He took me out to breakfast at the Mayflower Hotel one day and he said, Turk, he said, man, there, there was a, uh, uh, a business retreat that takes place here in DC. And it was like Dick Parker, Dick Parsons, CEO of Time Warner, you know, Ken Chenault, CEO of American Express, Bob Johnson, BET, all these black um, CEOs and executives, and they would get together to do a business retreat here in DC. And I was like, man, I would have loved to be a, a fly on that wall. <clears throat> and he said, you should do that. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, you should do that, man. He said, man, you know a lot of people, you really connected. You should, you should do that. And I was like, well, first of all, I'm not at the level of these guys. He said, the Turk, you really have a lot of uh, relationships. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I just said, whatever. And I kind of blew it off. And then he called me and said, man, you should really think about it. That same year, about a, about a month or two later, was the BET, um, uh, BET Honors Awards. And every year, myself and Anthony Anderson and Chris Spencer would get together and have breakfast. And um, that year, uh, we used to do it at the Mandarin, Mandarin Oriental in Southwest. And it was my turn to pay. <clears throat> and Chris, Chris and I was there. We were waiting on Ant. And Ant, we know Anthony didn't show up. Anthony didn't show up. So we had to meet him over at the Sofitel. So we go to the Sofitel. And Anthony was like, yo, man, you know, Cedric is going to join us. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not paying for Cedric's food, right? Cedric's going to pay for his own food. Like, all of a sudden, we invite people on my get on my dime. And he was like, man, well, he, he, he didn't say man, but, you know, you're like, come on, ask you to pay for it, sir. So we sit there, and all of a sudden, you know, Wayne Brady came, and, and, and he hit me up. And he was like, y'all have a breakfast? I said, yeah. And I looked at the table, and at this big table, there were a lot of people there. And I said, ah, I get it now. I, I, I get it now. I see it. I'm looking at the table, and all of a sudden, they're having breakfast. So I called my closest friends and my, my closest business partner, Tricky, uh, Ron Tricky Montgomery, Tricky, shout out Tricky Business in Atlanta, and Donald Woodard. Donald and I knew each other since we were teenagers. Donald went to Potomac High School and I went to Friendly. And Donald was like a, a super attorney in, 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 the, in the entertainment game. And I said, look, man, we're going to do this brunch. And I want to have a brunch where we can bring people together that will, for, the, for the, good, the greater good of doing good business. And they were like, bet, I'm with it, man. You know, because every year we go to the Grammys and they have these Grammy brunches. But I knew this was a space that we could own during the BET Honors. So, uh, and we were like, what, what, what are we going to call it? I said, man, we're going to call it the Influencers Brunch. And, you know, Donald being the attorney is, he goes, we can't call it Influencers. What are we talking about? I said, Donald, we influence people's lives. Right. I don't care. If you influence one person, I'm not running from that. That's what it is, bro. And it just took off. It became huge. Uh, and then the goal was, when I first thought about it, was I said, look, we want to be able to reach Wall Street, Capitol Hill, and Hollywood, right? Those are the three components, Washington, D.C., New York, and L.A. I knew immediately that the next step was we were going to, we were going to Hollywood, Oscar weekend, their biggest, their biggest play, their biggest stage, and we were going to ram black excellence down their throat. So about four years in, I said, yo, we're going to L.A., Trick. And Trick was like, that. let's go. So we went to the Oscars and um, didn't have a clue, you know, who was going to be there. Because at first, it, uh, and the way it's set up is we, we created this brunch atmosphere, right? We wanted it to be open. So it's nothing formal. You had to go get your own food. You get it, It's an opportunity for you to network. And going into our, our third year, uh, we were able to get L.A. Reid. You know, one of the things we wanted to do was whoever was being honored, I wanted to make sure that they were all there. But L.A. Reid was there. Donald had an incredible relationship with, has, has an incredible relationship with L.A. Reid. And I'm like, yo, yo, let's have him, let's have a conversation with L.A. Reid. So we got L.A. Reid to have a conversation. And it was like Chris Spencer and Anthony Anderson always hosted every year. 
And Chris was like, yo, this is the first time we're going to have a guest to be um, a conversation. And that was the platform that came out of it. That was the platform. And after that, man, uh, um, I was able to, we just started reaching out to friends and we did our next one. After LA, we had, a, I called uh, Malcolm Lee and uh, Will Packer and they had um, a night school with Kevin and and and, um, and uh, Kevin Hart and um, what's my, she gonna kill me. <laughs> Kevin Hart, uh, uh, oh my God, Tiffany Haddish. Okay. So um, we did that and then we went to LA and I was able to get uh, Byron Allen and uh, Kenya Barris. Kenya had just did his $100 million Netflix deal. And Byron, we were the first platform. I had a long conversation with Byron. And I, he was talking about this whole initiative about his lawsuit. And I said, man, you need to come to our brunch. And you need to really have a conversation about your initiative. And we gave him that first launching platform. And after that, man, last year, um, we were able to get um, Tiffany Haddish and Christina Simmons, who's the uh, COO of the Academy of the Oscars. And we're just we're just moving moving forward this and growing it out, man. And we just want to be able to touch lives, man. Nice, nice, nice. You know, and, and you, as you talk about touching touching lives, um, and it's not a trick question. It's something that I like to ask my guests. Yes. Um, you know, what does living a rich life mean to you? Truthful. Truthful. Yeah, L- living a truthful life, man. Look, and what I mean by truthful is that. Living in your truth. I don't lie to myself. Like, you know, my mother always says, you can lie to everybody, but don't you ever lie to me because I can't protect you if you lie to me. And and no matter how bad things may be, even if you are, if, if you look, if you if you are a thief and you know you're a thief and you live in your truth, you can be free. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter as long as you're living in your truth, you, you find freedom because the problem is living a lie, man, is is a heavy burden to bear bro and right. it's, it's it's a dirty feeling so you know living a rich life man is just being living a truthful life you know just as long as you're truthful to yourself you can lie to the world but as long as you're truthful to yourself bro that's the only thing that really matters that's a good that's uh, that's 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 and that's a short sweet and and to the point response probably one of the shortest uh responses but again sometimes less is less is more you know what i mean sometimes True. less is more so Turk, I, I got to tell you, um, Casita, I think I've known you now for three. Let me see, Gaylord, when Tricky first introduced us. Yeah, man. Yeah, my I birthday said, party. My birthday party. Yes, yes, yes. And I said this, this dude here, the first, you know, because I remember, you know, Tricky. I, I went to school with Tricky. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I generally like to say, normally this is a, a rich life moment in time, is what I call it. Mm-hmm. I, my, when I have my guests, well, when did we meet? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I got to say, brother, you, you, you gave me a lot of love for someone just, you know, meeting me. Tricky brought me over. He was like, yo, man, Rich. I, I felt like family right, right then and there. I felt like family. That's what my mother was. My mother was like that, man. My mother opened our house up to people all the time. And people that are watching this, they'll tell you that's the one thing I was able to get from her is to be able to have an open spirit, man. You know, yeah. and that's just true. And you know, you know, what's so funny, man, when Trick and I met, man. You know, I was at Howard and his um his ex-wife was at Howard at the time and it was his girlfriend at the time. And and I walked into her, her apartment and she said she said this. She said, Oh, this is my boyfriend. I said, Boyfriend? Boyfriend, you got a boyfriend now? She said, Yeah, this is tricky. Tricky, this is Turk. Turk is tricky. She said, Yo, y'all gonna be best friends. That's what Taki said. Yeah. That's what she said. And yo, man, here we are, man. We it's the truth. We are. 
That's facts. I'm I'm trying to get tricky on the show also, but that's 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 a whole nother another. He's tricky, man. He's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, you know, so again, we keeping it going. We are talking with Turk, and um, we're talking industry. We're talking entertainment. We're talking politics. What's your? Th- we're gonna we're gonna talk a little more on politics. Okay, on politics. Uh, somebody just said, uh, "Good to see you, my my brother." Okay. Um, what 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 inspires you? What inspires you? What inspires? I tell you the truth, man. What, what what causes me to wake up every day, man, is knowing that every day I can do something that I want to do. I wake up every day doing something I want to do, man. Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem that people have is that people don't realize that they have the greatness within them, within them, right? So when I get up, like when I ran for office, I just told Delana, I said, "Yo, I'm gonna run for office," and people don't realize that we become conditioned by society, right? Mm-hmm. Outliers, man, are the ones that really make the difference. It's those that have decided that they wanted to do what they wanted to do that have really changed the world. Agreed. It's a fact. The people that change the world are people that are doing that what, what, what no one else is doing. Yeah. So we become conditioned to what people always want us to do. It's like, a, it's like when you have a child, right? Adults always think they know what's best for the child, right? But at the end of the day, the child knows what's best for him. He just needs your guidance to get there. Mm. He needs your guidance to get there. And every time you turn around, it's a mentor that does that. So for me, what, 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 enriches, what enriches me is knowing that, man, no, no matter what I do, I can wake up, man, knowing that there is an endless possibility of me getting there. I know that for a fact. Right. I know that to be true, bro. I can make whatever my mind can conceive. I know damn well I can achieve it, man. That, so that, that, just that, knowing that, that the ability to dream, man, is what gets me forward, bro. Yeah. And and I think understanding the fact that, you know, people can change because, you know, for a long time, when I talk about and I think about even putting the show together, just having that mindset, right? You can do anything that you put your mind to. Um, you just got to follow it up with action and, and being consistent. That's, that's really a, a big thing with me. The word consistent. I always wasn't consistent in my life. Um, so, you know, those types of things that I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. But see, even, even with being, being, in, in, being inconsistent, that's consistent in being something, right? <laughs> and, and, I, and, and I had, um, I'll tell you this, man. It's a buddy of mine. I just reconnected with that. Obalachi Barakas. That's my dude. We were freshmen at Bowie State together. OB, man. And, um, and, and my freshman year class, man, we went to go hear a speaker. And this speaker was, he, he gave an example. He said, let's say, imagine you want to go from here to New York, right? <clears throat> so a person that's listening to this, you know, okay, I want to go to New York. So you leave D.C., you go to Maryland. <clears throat> Once you leave Maryland, you get to Maryland, say, ah, it's still too close. So you go through Delaware, you hit Delaware, that ah, is too small. And then you go through New Jersey, you may veer off and go to Jersey. It's like, ah, I'm not crazy. Then you're going through, you're going through, you're going to Philly, Pennsylvania, to New Jersey. When you get to Jersey, you start to really see the coast. You're starting to see a lot of things. And you're hanging out and you're chilling there. And before you know it, you're just settling in Jersey because Jersey, Jersey feels good to you. Mm-hmm. Had you never wanted to go to New York, you'd have never found Jersey. Mm-hmm. So even in those inconsistencies, you can find something that will make you become consistent. See, we keep listening to what other people think we should be doing, right? My, my, my mentor, Ivan Fitzgerald Hall, told me, he said, hey, man, you know what? <clears throat> First and foremost, start with what is easiestly accessible to you. That's number one, right? When you find that, you know, that's a direction that you can walk in. But at the same time, don't place your values on other people. 
just because it's not something that you do, that, that that's it's because it's something that you do, doesn't mean that that person should be doing it. And that's the biggest problem we have. We always think we know what's best for somebody else without taking the time to listen. Mm. That's deep. That, 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 that is deep. I want to get into uh, some of, in, in terms of, because I, 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 I want to talk about some of your challenges that you've had um, in, in business and how you've overcame those challenges. What I challenges? Think, I think that's... I, I ain't never had no challenges, bro. You know why? Because everything I've done is part, of, is part of the process. It's part of the process. It's supposed to happen. Okay. I don't look at it, I don't look at them as being challenges, right? I just say, hey, you know what? It's part of the process. You got a caller on the line. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? How you doing? Hey, hey can you hear me? I can yes. hear you. Welcome to uh, this is living a rich life. We have Tarek Stevens on the call. Who 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 are you? Tell us your name. Kevin? Yes, I have a, I want y'all to ask the Kirk about his relationship. Y'all talking about politics and entertainment. Can we hit the relationship with this brother? <laughs> <laughs> Sound like someone's trying to get you married off, uh, Turk. Relationship? What kind of relationships? Yeah. I have all what kind of relationships. Business, per, personal, yeah. professional? Uh, no. So you're talking about his professional life, his entertainment life. Oh, Josh Gillespie. That's JG. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Stop so, playing so, with him. Put him on the spot about relationship. Okay. So, so Turk, I'm you know, we, we, this is yeah. exposed radio. So we, we're going to, we, we abide by our caller's wishes. Let me, let me tell you what Josh <laughs> did for me one time, man. I was struggling. I'm done. Listen, I'm done, bro. I'm out. I'm off. I'm done talking. Goodbye. Okay. Relations. Okay. Uh, keep coming down here about it. Uh, I, I love it. So two things, Tom, two things. Because we're gonna Josh, get this, this. Let me tell you what Josh did for me one day. Yeah, I was struggling. Me. I was struggling, bro. Um, you know, a lot of times people, and this is not a man, a man thing. Women go through this too, mm-hmm. where you think you know what's best for you, or you may be pulling towards something, or you may be um, accustomed to somebody that you've been dealing with. And I, I, I had a conflict. And what's interesting is that, you know, I'll never forget Ivan, Ivan Fitzgerald Hall, once again, one of my mentors, he said to me, man, he said, um, he said, hey, man, you know, uh, if you can't make a decision, allow a conflict to make a decision for you. So one of the things I was talking to Josh about, man, was I, I was, Josh had been married for a long time and I was struggling in, you know, what way I wanted to go in a relationship that I, that I, um, I, I, w- I was leaning towards this, this young lady that I love very much, very dearly. And Her- we have another caller coming in. They they they're blowing up the lines. Go ahead, caller. What's your name? Hello. Oh, hello. Yes. Yes, I'm calling the radio station. I'm calling the radio station. Yes. This is yo. Yeah, yeah, brother. This this is brother Obalaji Baraka from Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> I, just, I just talked about you, bro. <laughs> That's right, brother. That's right, brother. And I'm really supporting you, brother. And uh, I understand you're doing some great things. And uh, I'm the manager of recreation for the city of Newark. And we're looking to bring some of those great, amazing programs that you have to the city of Newark, man. That was my classmate at Bowie State. 
and uh, he's doing some amazing things. I'm just so proud of you. That's all. I'm so proud of you, brother. Obie, so man, proud of I, you. I, I love you, man. I, I love you. I love man. you more. And God put us together because how many people will say, I'm downtown Newark at Cornbread. And I say, man, you ain't at no Cornbread because that's my building. But God put us together, man. I want you to have an amazing day, man. And let's let's make it happen in the city of Newark. And everybody on the station, y'all doing some amazing things, man. Thank, Thank you, you, and God bless all of y'all. I appreciate you, Obi. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, Obi. All man, right, Obi, brother. I, I got to tell you, man, Obi, his father is the um, late legend, great, iconic uh, Amir Barakas, man, Obalaji Barakas. His brother is the is the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, Raz Barakas, man. And um, and Obi and I connected, man, at Bowie State, man. We've been tight, man, ever since, man. And a lot of great things. <laughs> we have we have another comment here. So uh, I love these calls, man. This is great. Man. This one is awesome. Of selfish and genuine man that I have ever met. A true Hello? Renaissance man with the biggest heart. Welcome. Thanks for calling. Living a rich life with Rich James. What's your name? Um, my name is Cindy. Cindy. Hi, you there? Cindy have, uh, okay, Tur so Turk, it's Philly. <laughs> huh? It's Philly. Oh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> All I want to say is I am listening and you are an inspiration and you are a great guy. And I just want to let you know that I'm enjoying this. That's it. Oh, thank you so much. This is, this is, <laughs> this is beautiful. I love it. This thank you. Awesome. For, this is awesome. All right. Have a good night. All, All right. right. Thank Bye. you. This, this is so awesome. I, I love it. You know, like we said, we're we all about inspiring and, and and folks seem to be inspired by you, which is always a beautiful thing. And like I said, when you know, before we got sidetracked, you always welcome me. So I, I appreciate the calls and we're, we're going to keep it going. We got a, we got a few more minutes, but we're going to get back to because I think JJ said, so what's what's your status? What's your status, Turk, in, in terms of relationships? Oh man, I've been seeing a uh, uh, beautiful person, man, uh, for quite some time, man, and, and, and I'm enjoying, you know, enjoying her, man, and, and growing and developing, you know. So um, it's a uh, it's a great it's a great growing process, man. Um, um, it is. It's just been uh, a, a great growing process for me, man, and uh, and I'm I'm enjoying, you know, just knowing where God is going to take me, man, in my life. And uh, um, somebody else is calling. Yeah, we got another caller. <laughs> They, they, they call in back to back. It's normally not happen. So go ahead. Said so it's normally not happen. Back to back to back. <laughs> go ahead and let the caller in, Monty. Hello? Hello? Yes, you are on Living a Rich Life with Rich James and Tarek Steven. Tarek Steven, AKA Turk. <laughs> Who's calling? What's your name? Turk. This is yes. Kelly Michael Williams. I wow. want to know. Why do I have to wait to watch you on radio to find out you ran for Congress? Bruh, really now? I got to no, wait to hear you ran for Congress? Let me take real quick. So I didn't hear you ran for Congress before now? Are you serious, <laughs> bruh? Black politics today would have you all over the place. How am I just finding this out, Turk Stevens? Well, Kelly, Give Kelly me a break, Holmes. my brother. So tell, so tell us about Kelly. But Kelly, my, I, have a, I have an amazing investigative team. So that's the first thing. <laughs> So Kelly and I are very good friends, man. And, and, and before my mother passed, man, he always looked out for her. He, he owns a home right down the street, man. And he and his family always, always look out for her. But the reason why Kelly's like that, because Kelly owns Black Politics Today, a magazine. 
Okay. And he is aggressively, aggressively mm -hmm. covering politics. <laughs> and I know he's going to kill me, man, because I, I always support the magazine and never, ever said anything about me being a, being a part of the political realm, man. So make sure everybody goes and checks out, man, and subscribe to Black Politics Today. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for calling in, Kelly. So we you know we you know it's always never enough time, especially when you have amazing. Um, someone, someone chimed in. S. Shorter, hello Turk. I'm. Oh Sydney. man, I can tell you who that is. That's Sydney Shorter, man, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And let me tell you about Black Girl Magic. magic. Go for it, Sydney. You there? Is Sydney there? He sent. A, he sent a, a text message. Oh, she sent the man. Yeah. I, uh, me and Morris Chester was working on a project, a film project, and I was looking to uh, do, uh, I was looking to cre create uh, some um, ancillary um, 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 projects, product with that, right? It was a video game, it was a, mo it was a movie about fighting, fight, like, like street fighting. Mm -hmm. And I was on a plane, and I was on a flight to LA, and I, was, I read an article, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, and they had um, this sister in there, and these two sisters own the only black video game company in the world by black women, two mm -hmm. of them. And they're based out of uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, I went to All-Star Weekend right after Katrina. And I, I just reached out. I did a cold call, reached out to them. The city took my call. And I said, I'm going to leave New Orleans and, I, and I'm, I'll drive down and take a meeting with them. And what was amazing about what they did as a company, you know, in this competitive video gaming industry, you know how big video gaming is. Yes. They had, what impressed me the most was they had three of the biggest blue chip companies that they partnered with. And I'm talking about a serious partnership was Coca-Cola, Walmart, and Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Sydney was at the helm of that, man. And she is my guiding, my guidepost in business. Her and my boy, Greg Shell, out, uh, out of Boston, Massachusetts. And when I tell you, man, that Sydney uh, Shorter is... If there's a sister out there who, um, you know, anyone that's looking to really grow their business, you know, reach out. You know, you can reach out to me and I'll put you in touch with Sydney Shorter, man. And this woman is, I mean, iconic in the words of someone who really understands, you know, development and growth as entrepreneurs and business. This woman, man, out of our, and, and HBCU, they all Southern University engineers, engineering background, you know. These women, man, Sydney Shorter, man, is I can't say enough about who this woman is and what she means to me in my life, man. I think that's a that's a good way to kind of close out the segment. Um, so tell us, tell us, folks, how they can stay in contact with you um, in terms of you know if they have any questions, you know your your, your social media. Hit them with that one more time. Uh, my company is Turk T E R K Turk Entertainment Group uh, dot com. Uh, my email is Tarek, T-A-R-E-K, uh, at TurkEntertainmentGroup.com. And, you know, Tarek's my real name, man, but everybody knew me as Turk. And it was, I got to give Darren Henson, the actor and dancer, Darren Henson, a shout out, man, because, uh, you know, Darren, uh, we we gave him one of his first choreography jobs in Whistle, man. He did a, a video called I Am. And for years, we stayed in touch. And he was like, Tarek, Turk, man, your name is Tarek, brother. Honor your mother, man. Honor your mother. You know, go back to Tarek. So I... So now I say Tarek Turk Stevens, man. Um, and um, so it's um, uh, Tarek Stevens at, at Instagram, Turk Entertainment Group at Instagram, uh, Tarek Stevens on Facebook. Uh, 
uh, Turk Stevens. I mean, I'm just, I'm just everywhere. <laughs> just everywhere. Tarek Stevens, man. So, um, so yes, man. Um, well, it's just, it's, it's just great, man. It's just, I'm really living a rich life, man. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about tomorrow and the possibilities. I'm excited that my mother is pain free. My father is pain free. My, I'm excited that I have uh, a loving family. You know, um, my my sisters, my nephews, and my nieces, and just um, the relationship that I have currently and continuing to build, man. And we just want to do good business. So I would I would say that you know the 28th and the 20 um 27th and 28th this month we're doing our, our gospel celebration again. Octet, uh, O C T E T, Octet Productions and uh, Turk Entertainment Group. Uh, trickybusiness.com. Um, oh, my boy, um, Donna Woodard, they just launched their new law firm. Uh, Carter Woodard, uh, Black Law Firm Entertainment, the exclusive Black Entertainment Law Firm out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the Good Ground, Good Life, Bruce Purnell. You know, when you're looking for good counseling, man, you can reach to Bruce Purnell, as well as uh, Philip Reynolds, uh, my girl Taraji and Tracy. They have a phenomenal um, uh, on Facebook you know, in terms of mental health healing. And um, just shout out to to all of the lovely black folks. Man, I'm unapologetically black to the 10th power square rooted, bro. That's what's square up. Rooted. My lawyers, my doctors, everybody's black, man. That's what's up. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Um, Be Exposed Radio here on Living a Rich Life. You heard it first from the most known unknown person. And let, me, and let me give a shout out to my team, man. Dominic Gay, Christina Ruggles, <laughs> you know, these are part of my team, man. Christina Ruggles and, and Dominique Gay. Um, Dominique uh, Gay. Um, they they help keep everything in balance for me, man. <laughs> it's nothing like having a good team. So what I normally have is a living a rich life closing remarks. So we're going to do that. Before I do that, Paige told me to say what's up. She told me to give you a shout out and say hello. What up, P? <laughs> um, so, you know, life has many challenges. That's what's being consistent. That's why being consistent is important. Whatever you do, make sure to stay on target and focus. Consistency is the key when you're on track. Keep moving. I want to say thank you to my first guest, Janisha Toomer. I want to say thank you to my featured guest, Tarek Turk Stevens. Until next week, this is Living a Rich Life with Rich James on Be Exposed Radio. Stay focused and continue to be inspired. Until next week, I'll talk to you soon, Turk. All right, brother. Love you, man. Love you, brother. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for all for tuning in. Thank you for